Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Light of the World podcast. This is Riley here, and in today's episode, I'm talking about being thankful for your blessings in disguise. And what I mean by that is the following. When I was little, you know, I didn't realize what a great thing I had until two short years ago when I was 35 years old. I wasn't, I didn't realize how blessed I really was. And it was at an ACB convention. And I was sitting there yapping away with this lady and they were, I think she was in her late 60s, I believe. And, you know, I'm sitting there with them and all of a sudden they go, well, when did you start O&M, Riley? When did you have, when did you start your O&M? And for those who do not know, that means orientation and mobility. And they're like, when did you have O&M skills? When did you start it? And I said, when I was five. You could have heard a pin drop in that convention. I mean, it was like, you know, in that little meeting. I mean, it just, just, what? You know, they were stunned. And I was like, did I say something wrong? And they're like, you had O&M since you were five? And I'm like, yep. And they were stunned. They go, girl, you were definitely blessed. For you to have O&M that long, you, girl, were definitely, definitely blessed. Because none of us got it until high school. We didn't get O&M until high school. You had O&M a lot longer than any of us did. And I was like, wow. I was stunned when they told me that. And I said, well, what makes it even more special then is the fact that it was a, a country school. It wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even a big city school. It was just a country. And they're like, yeah, that's definitely a blessing. For them to get enough funding for a small school, you definitely were blessed. And I really was. I was crossing streets at third, at, you know, by first grade. And my O&M instructor, oh my God, was he awesome. My O&M instructor, Dan Zink. I'm, I'm calling him out in case, God forbid, he ever finds out about this show. Dan Zink, just going to flat out say this, was a badass dude. I mean, was and is. He, he was awesome. And he went above and beyond an O&M instructor. The man, when we'd go places, he'd take me to rural areas. He took me to the, big, you know, the, to the biggest city he could find that was close, which was Dayton, to do you know, bus training and you know, escalator training. He actually got me over one of my biggest phobias by training me how to do it. I had a fear, an absolute fear of escalators because I was traumatized by it. Yeah, that is how I got over it for my friend Steve Lesh who follows this show. My O&M instructor is the man who got me over that fear. Took me to Elder Beerman in Dayton and had me plan on escalators for over an hour. He didn't try, he's like, you know what, do it when you're ready. Just stand there and hold on to the handrail. You know, that's what he started with. And this man wasn't a counselor, wasn't a therapist, you know, just a normal individual. And he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start by making you stand in front of it 
just like I was telling him about a friend of mine's mom who got me over my fear of cooking. I was terrified because everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God, she's blind. She can't use a stove. Blah! You know, panicking. And I'm bringing this up because, you know, if your parents do this to your kids and you traumatize them, you're going to make it hard on them to become independent. And that's not good. That's not a way to help them get a dog or to even use a white cane. That will help them. That will make them stronger. That will make them independent adults. You know, it's one thing to be protective of them, but it's another thing to hold them back. You cannot do that. You, you just cannot do that. And, you know, like I was saying last week in the episode, 10% of blind people can walk around independently with a white cane or a guide dog. And that's staggering. That's, oh, that, that just, that makes my gut hurt. Just thinking about that. It just, it makes me sick. Because, I mean, guys, that's, that's a staggering number. It should be, there should be a lot more than that. And there are parents out there that still won't let their blind kid be away from them. You can't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. Don't hold the kid back and make it to where they have to depend on you to perform sighted guide for them. Let them become independent. Get them O&M training. Help them to be independent. They need to be independent for their own sanity. No offense, guys. You're not going to be there all their life. You have to let them go and let them live as Adults. I mean, seriously, guys, this is not, this is a dangerous number here. I mean, it, it's, it's disturbing. And anyway, my O&M instructor, Dan, was always trying to help. You know, he got me over that fear of escalators. Got me to stand there by it listening to it, running, then had me put my hand on the thing and then helped me to learn how to, you know, ride an escalator. Now, I still can't stand moving sidewalks because them things scare the hell out of me because they quick. <laughs> them things, I'm afraid I'm going to fall because them moving sidewalks are fast. Ooh, them things traumatize me. I won't lie. I, I about fell on one of those. I do not like them. I mean, those, I won't lie, I'm still terrified of them things because they're so fast. And you don't have a handrail at some places to hold on to if you go stepping on and you'll fall and bust your head open. I mean, them things, ooh, I don't like them. I just don't like them at all. But I, I just, ugh, uh-uh. I don't, I do not like moving sidewalks. Ooh, uh-uh. But he taught me not to be afraid of escalators. He was so upset that I didn't go to my country's capital because of a phobia. Dan said, I wish you would have told me and I would have worked with you on that so you didn't have to miss out on your eighth grade trip. 
but in a way, I told Dan, I said, well, I gave him a hug and I said, look, dude, let me tell you something. I said, I'm kind of in a way glad I missed it for another reason. I said, not the fear. I'm not glad of that. That's embarrassing. But I said, I'm kind of glad I missed it because half of them came back sick. It was bad. Half of my class came back. They must have had food poisoning somewhere and came back sick. And I'm like, wow. You know, but he was always, he never made me walk faster than I wanted to. I didn't have to walk faster than I wanted to. If we were in a residential area and I stopped just along the sidewalk and just stopped and breathed in the morning air, Dan never tried to shove me on. Go, go, go. No. Uh-uh. He had a habit of going, you know what that flower is? Because he knew I wanted to be in horticulture when I became a high schooler. So he would be like, okay, what is that? Do you know what it is? Can you tell what the smell is? I mean, Dan was, he, he went above and beyond an O&M instructor. We had fun. He even taught me some places by sense of smell. Using smell-o-vision, basically, as landmarks. That's where I came up with the smell-o-vision thing that I always told my friend about. I got smell-o-vision. I can smell places before I see them, you know, or before anything happens. I can tell you what it is in some cases. Now around here, I can't because the, the buildings are much older and they're, they're rustic. But I could smell this one restaurant. And I always knew I was, I was getting close to a landmark. And it always made me hungry for bacon and eggs every time we'd go. I'm like... I want breakfast. <laughs> and he would just laugh. You know, because I always made wisecracks about it. And I always knew places. And there was a building that was demolished when I was in high school. And I told him, I said, hey, Dan, I have something to tell you. He goes, what happened? I said, there was a building imploded in Dayton. And I told him I knew where it was because I walked by it. And I told him where it was, and he drove right past it. Before he, dropped, before he stopped for us to go for a walk, he drove by to look. And we walked, and then we'd ride the bus. And it was so much fun. And I remember the, la the, the year I graduated in 2002, he took me to a smorgasbord. We went to the smorgasbord and he brought down my original aide, had her come down because she had left. She had, re she had retired. My braille um, aide. She retired. And I told him the one thing I wanted was to see her one last time before I graduated. Right? So Dan contacted the company, they contacted her, and she drove down, and I got to see her again. And it was so cool. 
it was absolutely awesome that I got to see her again. I loved it. It was so cool. And so, you know, it's a blessing to have the training you have. If you had it a long time, you've got a blessing because not a lot of people do. There's blind people that don't have any, and there's some that maybe only had a few years worth of it. And mine was once a week, he would drive all the way from Toledo to my little country school and pick me up and take me walking. Then in high school, he'd come down from Toledo, take me, and we'd go all the way to Dayton. And he even, now here's the thing, and in high school, when I went to the JVS, he would drive down from Toledo to my high school, pick up my aide, because she always went with us in high school, for obvious reasons, and she, they'd come down and get me from JVS and take me. And my classmates were always wondering, well, what'd you do today? Where'd you walk today? You know, because they were curious. Because you know how teenagers are. They're curious about stuff. They always liked to know. So I had to always give a briefing every time I'd come back from O&M. <laughs> Elementary and high school, both. I had to give a briefing. What did you do? Because I would literally get stopped in the hallway. If I didn't tell what I did, I was in trouble. You know, because my classmates, they wanted to know. Because they don't have O&M training. They can go out and just walk across the street, no problem. So they liked, knowing what I, they liked to know what I did. You know, and that was pretty cool. You know, getting to tell them things. And it would really sadden them if they found out this number. They'd be like, well, you're in that number. Because you did it. You know, walking around independently, I did not have sighted guide all the time in class. I did a couple of times because my cane busted and I had to get a new cane. I had to get help because I didn't have a backup. And then the only other time I really had sighted guide was for graduation when I walked, you know, when I walked. When I walked the podium to get my diploma... I had sighted guide because I couldn't, you know, use the cane and walk fast enough. And Dan told him, go ahead and let them guide her because that'll make it faster. If I had a dog, if my mom would have let me get a dog when I was 16, I wouldn't have had that problem. But my mom was this overbearing, overprotective woman who would not allow me to be independent. She didn't want that. And, and that is a problem. That is a huge problem in the blindness community. Parents who do not want their blind children to grow up, be adults, and live. I understand fear. I get that. I'm blind. I have fears. Trust me. But, I mean, if I had a blind child being blind... I sure as heck would not be sitting there and trying to hold them back. 
because I know how that feels. You cannot hold a blind person back. That's not fair. Just because they can't see don't mean they can't do things. Don't mean they can't do housework. Don't mean they can't walk the town independently with training. They have to have the training to do it. They can't do it without the training. And if you don't let them have the training, that's wrong on your part. And I'm aiming this at not only parents, but I'm aiming this at schools. If you don't get the funding, the states will help you. If you don't get the funding to get these kids independent, get these kids the training. My school fought my parents. I know this. And how I know this is because my school told me. My mom did not want them to get me that training. But my high school fought that. And I thank them profusely for that. Because if I wouldn't have had the training, I would be in that 90% that can't walk around independently. I would be always doing sighted guide. And uh-uh, that's not fair. That is not fair. I shouldn't have to do that all the time. I'm grateful to have had O&M training from Mr. Dan Zink. I'm grateful for that. That is one man that definitely knew his craft. He knew what he was doing, and he made it fun. He didn't do it in the most boring way he could come up with. He made it interesting. You know, he made learning fun. O&M was not a boring thing for me. Because Dan Zink knew what the heck he was doing. He knew what he was doing when it came to training. He did so well. And it was to the point where a friend of mine that lived in the neighboring town I didn't know the kid until him and my aide started working with this young man. This boy was eight years old, lost his sight from surgery, just lost it, and was terrified. He was absolutely terrified. And they got us to meet. And I'm, a, I'm thinking the schools got in contact with each other because they knew about me. So they contacted, is what I'm guessing happened, and they got them in contact with the agencies to help Kevin, which was my friend. And those two people came down not only to help me, but to help him because he lived in a town right next to me. And so, I mean, it was a blessing because then I got to help another blind kid to try and be independent. He had to learn Braille at eight years old. He was terrified to touch the stuff. And so here I was at... 15, I believe, 14, 15, teaching an eight-year-old to be comfortable 
with his blindness. So I'm a teenage kid helping an elementary school kid. Trying to help him be one of those people in the 10% that can walk around with a cane. Trying to give him the confidence, you've got this. And his parents, it got to the point where his parents would come on the weekends and pick me up and we'd do things together as kids. Me and him, we were like seven years apart. And they'd come get me and I'd come over there and hang out with him. His teenage brother saw me at JVS and came up and started talking to me. Because we rode the bus. Because we, you know, lived in the same area, practically. Two towns, two little little bitty towns side by side. They'd come over and ride with us. And they would sit there and they were so grateful that I helped him. You know, so it's pay it forward, help someone. Let's get this number rose up. Let's get this number a lot higher. If you can help somebody, go for it. Help them. And if you're blind and you need the assistance, you should try to stand up and fight for yourself. Tell these agencies, hey, I need this training. I need to learn this because it will help you out tremendously in not only learning to use a cane, but getting a guide dog. If you want a guide dog, you got to have O&M skills first. You got to have O&M training first. If, especially if you want a guide, you definitely need O&M skills before you can get one. And I'm thankful. I am so, so thankful to my school for pushing the fact that I needed it. And for my O&M instructor, Dan. Because he made it to where I'm comfortable walking and crossing streets. And Steve would tell you, he was impressed watching me know when to cross with traffic. That impressed him. And so I am just extremely grateful that I was able to do that at a young age and still can. So I hope you found this episode helpful. And remember, if you don't have that confidence, find a trusted friend that you can talk to and build yourself up and Let's, let's get this number up. We need to get this up because it is really, really low, and I do not like that number at all. I, I'd love to see a lot more blind people independent because independence is amazing. So I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will be back next week with a prediction episode.